Welcome to Investor's Edge, powered by SNL. Today, we have a guest who has been a driving force in the world of venture capital and whose firm is changing the landscape for startups seeking investment. Our guest today is Sami Abdullah, the founder, chair, and managing partner of Blossom Street Ventures. With over a decade of experience in the venture capital arena, Sami and his team at Blossom Street Ventures are on a mission to empower and support startups on their path to success. Blossom Street Ventures specializes in identifying and investing in companies with a unique set of criteria. They zero in on startups with 3 million to 30 million in run rate revenue, coupled with impressive year-over-year growth of 30% or more. They have made 28 strategic investments with an impressive 10 cash exits, a testament to their keen eye for innovative and promising startups. One of the key features that makes Blossom Street Ventures stand out is their swift decision-making process. Sammy and his team can commit to a deal in as little as three weeks. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Hi. To begin with, can you tell us a bit more about Blossom Street Ventures and your investment thesis? Sure. So we're a Series A to Series E investor, one to four million dollar check. We like to lead what we can. We follow a lot as well. Um, invest anywhere in the first world and very quantitatively oriented. Uh, our website's blossomstreetventures.com if you want to visit or just reach out to me directly. My email's up there as well. Are you sector agnostic or is there any preference to certain trends and industries? It's all SaaS. All right. And uh, in your experience, what qualities and characteristics do you value the most in founders and the startups that you have chosen to invest in? So we're not investing at the startup stage. Um, we're investing later stage businesses with 3 million in ARR and up. So there's, there's a real business there, right? You're not just looking at a person and trying to determine if they can be a, a great leader. Um, so for us, it's more of a quantitative analysis. Uh, now, <clears throat> if you do want some traits, you know, we look for somebody who's scrappy, very cash efficient, very pragmatic, realistic about where the business is going, uh, right? Realistic about what the exit looks like. Um, so individuals that maybe have ambitions for some you know, unicorn outcome in an IPO and maybe don't have as much respect for cash, that's not a fit for us. Uh, so we're just, we're looking for those founders that have had a lot of experience and it shows, right? They've had some success. They've had some failure as well in running the business, some false starts, whatever it might be. Uh, they've got a bit of scar tissue. That's a good thing for us. We look for that. Has there been any experience wherein you have invested in first time founders as well? Uh, of course, at the stages that you offer investment in. So no, we don't care about previous experience, right? I see. We care about your current experience in the business. So, you know, you're at at least 3 million in ARR. You're probably a few years in, right? You've probably had a lot of experiences. And so we're looking for founders that have had good happen to them, had bad happen to them, right? No, we, we don't. Most of our companies are first time founders. I see. So for us, it's just more about finding a founder that's, you know, got humility. It's very scrappy, very cash efficient. That's the kind of thing we look for. 
All right. And what is the typical cat check size that Blossom Street Ventures is offering to startups? And is it equity One, only or equity and debt? One to four million dollar check, all equity. All right. So how do you determine what is the appropriate amount for each stage of investment that you're engaging with startups? So we want to see a company raise at least 18 months of runway at the current level of burn. Uh, I see. So that's the floor for us. Uh, generally, we want to see it at 24 months or more. Uh, but that's, that's the litmus test. I see. How big is the team and what is the best way to approach partners or investors at your venture? You're talking to the whole team right now. So I have a committee, but I chair that committee. I do all the work. Mm -hmm. I run the day-to-day. -day. My email address is actually on the website. Um, mm -hmm. So founders can just reach out to me directly. I, I actually like cold emails a lot. You do not need to find a warm intro for me. That's wonderful. That's also very rare in this field. So like with cold emails, is there any tip you want to offer to startup founders on how should they craft effective emails when reaching out to your firm? Yeah, be very direct. Uh, keep it to a paragraph and put lots of numbers in it. So uh, one sentence on what the company does, uh, one sentence on where you are stage-wise, revenue, growth, um, number of customers, uh, one sentence on what you want, how much you're raising, and it'd be great if you proposed evaluation. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's it. If you have those three things, it's a nice, short, digestible email that I can read quickly and then determine quickly if you know we're a fit. And I will respond. Um, so keeping it short, you're not trying to close me or any VC on the first email, you're just trying to convince me to take the next conversation. And so three crisp sentences is really all it takes. I see. <laughs> We've heard that uh, you have the ability to commit to a deal in as little as three to four weeks. So how does the process entirely look like for founders who are trying to get investment with Blossom? And uh, do you have any advice for startups on how do they do this fundraising process efficiently? So we're a very quantitatively oriented firm. So if your numbers are in order, you've got your financials, you've got your recurring revenue by customer by month, you've got your cap table, we can get through that pretty quickly, or I. I can get through that pretty quickly and, you know, go to committee and give you some real, uh, uh, give you a term sheet, right? Give you a, a sense of, you know, where we're going to come out. Everyone's process is different. Some VC firms are fast. I, I think we're very fast. I've not seen anyone faster than us. Others are slow, methodical. They take a really long time. You know, they want to see you perform while you know them. Uh, it's just different for everybody. Is there anything beyond capital that you're also providing to the founders who are associating with Blossom Street in terms of community, mentorship, advisory? Mm -hmm. If we're leading, I'm going to take a board seat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some companies where I've been able to add a lot of value. And there's some companies where I haven't been able to add any. Mm -hmm. uh, it really just depends. Look, any VC that's telling you, oh, we're going to add a lot of value or make these intros or 
it's probably bullshit, right? Tell the founders one, if they say, Hey, we're going to make a bunch of customer intros or do these things. All right. Do them right. Do them during the process before they invest, right? There's no need to wait. Uh, if they're going to make intros to talent, do it. You know, talent that I need. Great. Send it right. There's no need to wait for the close. So what we tell founders is look, keep your expectations low. I'm going to try to add as much value as I can. And sometimes I've been really good at it and successful at it. Other times I haven't been able to add any. Um, you will find out what kind of VC you're dealing with during the process, right? How they interact with you, what kind of materials they want. Do they take a long time? Do they do what they say they're going to do in terms of fast communication, fast turnaround, et cetera? Uh, and then if you get deep in the process, you should ask to speak to a few of their previous portfolio companies or current portfolio companies. That's how you really get to know who's investing. Um, listening to the, oh, I'm going to promise you this or promise you that, you know, put that in the garbage. Um, what I tell founders is uh, at the right time, when we are deep in the process, I will intro you to our portfolio. Um, only at that time, right? Because I care about how our current CEOs spend their time and I don't want them spending their time with, you know, companies we're not like going to invest in, uh, you know, for, deep in the process. And similarly, once a founder becomes a portfolio company of ours, I'm going to treat their time with the same level of respect. I'm not going to introduce them to a bunch of prospective companies that are talking to us and that we may or may not invest in. So I don't want individuals reaching out to our CEOs. Um, I will make the introductions at the right time. And if somebody be becomes part of our portfolio, I'll treat their time just as carefully as I treat my current portfolio founders. Totally makes sense. Uh uh, actually, we talked about step one where there's a cold email. The next step usually is the pitch deck. Is there any key element that they should include in their pitch to catch your attention and secure an investment? I think too many founders worry too much about the pitch deck. Your goal with the deck is not to close the VC. You are not going to close a VC on a deck. Your goal is to get the VC to want to dive into data. Right. So put a lot of numbers in the deck. You know, I care a lot more about traction, what you've done, how many customers you have, where's the ARR, uh, what's your retention like, what's your historical financials like, how's your cash efficiency. I care about the data. Uh, what I don't care about is slides about market size or IP. Uh, you know, or who your advisors are. I just don't care. Right. So a short deck that's got data in it, uh, you know, that's, that's it. And then at that point I'll say, all right, let me dive in. Let me get deep. You know, we'll have our conversation. Um, but I would not overly stress about the deck. The deck is not a tool to close the VC. And I think a, a lot of founders spend too much time on it. 
And I think typically that also depends on what stage you are at. If you are a full-fledged company looking to raise series, then probably the pitch is good. the pitch is going to be a lot different than as a startup trying to raise seed or pre-seed. That's right. Yeah. If you're if you're a true true, we don't invest in startups, right? Our companies are further along. If you're a true true startup, then yeah, you have to have a lot more of that kind of qualitative data in it. Whereas I'm looking for quantitative data, given the stage at Makes which sense. I invest. Yeah. Makes sense. Can you actually tell us a bit more about your experience as well? What brought you to this world of venture capital and uh, getting to invest in companies that you're investing in today? I, I fell into this industry. I'm just a finance guy. Uh, I've worked at uh, uh, small investment banks. I've worked at large institutional investors. I've worked at a hedge fund. Uh, I got lucky and fell into this industry, frankly. Uh, there is not a straight line uh, to get into venture. Um, you know, it just, I knew enough people to raise a first fund that trusted me and was able to raise a, a, a little bit of money, deploy it, not screw it up. And so I get to keep going. That's really it. That's that's very humble of you too. Um, finally, a bit more about Blossom Street Ventures. You have a diverse portfolio that includes software, marketplaces, even consumer subscription companies, all in SaaS. Can you highlight any success story from your portfolio and what made those investments successful? Yeah, so it's funny you bring up marketplaces and uh, uh, like we have an e-commerce business, right? Um, we'll never do that again. I so, see. Early in our investing life, if you will, 2014, 2015, 2016, we were a lot more broad about where we would invest. And we made mistakes, right? Mistakes are expensive. Now, luckily, we learned from them. But as a result, over time, we figured out, okay, what are we good at? We figured out what we're bad at. And then we also figured out what we're good at, luckily. And what we're good at is really boring enterprise-grade software, right? It's not the life of the party, uh, <laughs> but the customers are recognizable, right? The metrics are measurable. Um, so, gosh, we won't do a lot of that stuff. Uh, uh, some of the old stuff that we did, right? We will not do e-commerce again. We probably won't do a marketplace unless it's got a I serious see. recurrence to the stream. Um, I see. So enter enterprise software is really the focus now. I, I myself come from Datadog. I've spent five years there. So I understand what metrics at boring enterprise software look like and how important they can be. <laughs> Thanks for That's sharing right. that. That's right. Yeah. Net dollar retention, gross dollar retention, you know, net new ARR to burn, right? Um, yeah. So anyway. So final question, what advice would you have for aspiring entrepreneurs and founders who are in starting their journey or at series level in the world of startups and venture capital? All right. So if you're early, 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 I'll tell you what I've heard other VCs say, which I think is bullshit. Other VCs say, some others, not all of them, some others are like, oh, pick something you're passionate about. Because the days will get hard, and if you, passion's the only thing that'll take you through, it's garbage. Um, pick a business that's a problem you can solve and that you know you can solve. That's it, right? Uh, 
you know, no matter how boring it is, right? If you think you can solve the problem, you are onto something. You do not need passion about the particular problem, right? Um, the other thing I would tell you is if you're early is be smart about your personal finances, right? So be very cheap, be very scrappy. Don't do silly things. Take a second mortgage on your house, right? You know, put put your families at risk, right? Trying to chase the dream. Don't do that. You know, be really honest with yourself about how much run rate you have, how long you can go. Um, don't take on a bunch of debt to do it, right? You hear stories of people that have success. Man, for every one success story, there's thousands of failures and no one talks about those. I've seen those. They're terrible, right? We, you know, we had a founder one time. He took on a ton of credit card debt, personally guaranteed it. And he had to, it did not work out and he had to declare personal bankruptcy, right? I had to go to court for him, you know, to try to convince the credit card company that, uh, uh, he did not believe he, you know, understood the terms of his credit cards. And it was a long shot. I mean, we had no, of course we, we, we lost, right. And he had to, he had to file. So pick a problem you can solve and then take the, take a reasonable level of risk to try to grow the business. Do not bet at all, you know, thinking that you've got the next great thing. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, you're just, you're in a really bad position. Don't do that. Would that advice change anyhow for startups who have established themselves and now at a series stage, the ones that you often talk to or are actively listening to? Yeah, yeah, the, right. That advice doesn't apply. Right? Like once you're a real business, that advice is, <clears throat> it, it's just not applicable. Um, you know, once you're a real business, there is no advice, right? Like once you're at 3 million of recurring revenue, 2 million of recurring revenue, whatever it might be, like you know more about your business than anybody. There's no VC that's going to tell you a bunch of things that really changes the trajectory of your success or failure, right? You're, you're kind of on the way uh, to either. Um, you know, I think being cheap and being scrappy and being cash efficient, that's always applicable at any stage. What I would tell somebody who's a million of ARR, 2 million of ARR, 3 million of ARR, you know, in those ranges, figure out who your ideal customer is, right? Who is the ICP? Um, a lot of companies don't figure that out in time. And as a result, they blow through they blow through their capital, selling their product to customers that in a year or two are not customers anymore. So makes sense. Yeah, like early in your life, you're gonna sell your product to anybody you can. Totally get it, right? Uh, someone shows up with money, great. Here, here's the product. Um, but once you know, once you really know who your customer is, you gotta really laser in. Um, that's a mistake that we see over and over again, every time. Uh, and whether it's fatal or not, depends on whether you figured out who the ideal customer is and whether you made that decision to focus on them exclusively once you figured it out. 
makes sense thank you so much for your insight sami anything else you would like to add as we wrap up this episode no uh good luck uh sami at blossomstreetventures.com reach out to me anytime um you know if you want sas metrics they're all on our website we put them all up there so that's it thank you i very i appreciate this the call it was fun thank you have a good day